You're listening to What's the Story podcast, brought to you by Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel. Go to www.fitzpatrickcastle.com for more. And why not support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash WTSpod for as little as a euro a month. That's nice. Hello everybody and welcome along to WTS 141. We're getting old now, man. My name yeah. is Danny Murray. I'm Graham Erigan. And we're coming to you from Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel. Go to www.fitzpatrickcastle.com. Nice subdued. Yeah. Straight, straight in. I, I'm shit at it. I always forget. Yeah, he's fucking sending them to the wrong hotel and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they have sponsor lads like you, you know. He's yeah. a bit too edgy. <laughs> no, they actually sound was like they just they don't, they don't listen. Yeah, that's a good, that's probably a good job. Yeah, and yeah. if they do listen, you are lovely people. And <laughs> <laughs> thanks for everything. <laughs> no, no, who have we got this week, man? We have Frankie Gaffney. Love it, Frankie. Thanks for coming into us, man. Looking forward to this for ages. Thanks for coming out. Um, no, it's, when you it's when you said on. you were on the Burlington Road, I was like, fuck, he's gone to the Burlington Hotel. They're on out when we first read it. No, sorry, uh, sorry for being late. Now it's a big honour when I hear that uh, George Foreman was on the the, the podcast before. Yeah. I said, "Jeez, I have to get on this one." <laughs> that was a bit mad, all right. Yeah, yeah. George, it was a gent though. Yeah. I do drop him an out text every so often. Like, all right, George, how are you? Man? You do not. He doesn't write back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're, uh, I suppose, a, a literature guru, uh, linguistics dialect expert type, like. What Brian, do you like to be called? I, I like that a literature guru. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I might adopt that one. Um, I suppose I'm a, I'm a writer. Uh, kind of my academic background. I like having the yin yang mm. of the creative side of literature and, and writing fiction, yeah. but also then the academic study of it. So we use linguistics to analyze literature. Um, so yeah, they, they kind of one feeds into the other. I, I find it hard sometimes. I can't relate to other writers that don't have both, you know. And it's, it surprises me that they're able to create work that's so good when they haven't, when they don't study it formally as well. Um, but but for me, I, I need both of them. And then I suppose the journalism. I got into very accidentally. Someone from the the journal.ie rang me up. There was someone did a mural uh, when my novel came out, and I had a, a line from the novel. Uh, the line is um, known to Gary. That uh, and it says like that foil euphemism. He deserved it in other words, and uh, we had that up on the wall. And someone from the journal.ie um, rang me up and asked me to write an article about that, about the phrase "non degrade." And uh, I wrote that, and then wrote an I article just about that, just about 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 people using that phrase in the media. Right. You know? right. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, people. You know, when 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 someone kind of uh, a criminal gets shot or whatever, they say, "Oh, he was known to Gardy as a kind of way of a nod and a wink of saying, you know, that he was yeah. he was a woke, He's know, one of them. Yeah, 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 one of them crowd. So uh, yeah, that's how I got into journalism then inadvertently and. It's been a, an addiction, probably the worst addiction I've ever had in my life. You know, I have to, I have to try, try and kick it because uh, it's it, it, it takes more than it gives. <laughs> the, the journalism? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, you, you, Just like the effort of it or? I suppose it could, because you're, you're it's, it's very easy to get addicted to it when you've been writing. Like, I, I, you know, I'm in the midst of a PhD and the novel took a long time to write and to get published as well. So when you do journalism, 
you write something in a day or two and it goes out there into the world maybe the next day or the day after. Yeah. So you're getting this immediate gratification, you know, that's that's a complete contrast to the other styles of writing. So I think it is, it's a dangerous, for a writer, journalism is a dangerous game to get into because, you, you know, it kind of... Um, breaks up your discipline a little bit yeah. whereas the others are kind of like labor, like Dublin 7 is like a labour of love or whatever whereas yeah. journalism gives you this like dopamine hiss straight away kind yeah of thing. yeah exactly yeah 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 and then you get fucking embroiled if you're acting like me you get embroiled in big arguments <laughs> about it online I never noticed and, uh, yeah so if you're acting like me definitely if you have pugilistic fucking kind of tendencies <laughs> and you're a bit aggro don't don't go near it with a barge pole what, what like, do you how, how do you handle kind of social media do you like social media I was never on social media before my first novel came out. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. So, so social media for me was a function of. Um, I think I had a, I had a Facebook page for a while before, but I was very much a latecomer to social media. I was against it. I used to have an old Nokia phone. You know, the 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 non-internet 30, ready ones. Thirty-two tens. Yeah, yeah. The snake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it might be an eighty-two sixty or something. A step up above the twenty-two ten. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I was kind of against it. But I got quite of quite. I'm fucking of a, a, a social media addiction as well now. You know what I mean? I think then, everybody does. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you when you get a bit of shit on it as well, then you kind of get you have this kind of anxiety. You know what I mean? Is someone coming at me now? Is it? You know what I mean? So it kind of makes you. Um, look a little bit more but it's madness like letting people into your sitting room to give you shit when you're at home and yeah. like that's just what Twitter is you know? <laughs> that's exactly like, what it what is what a way of putting it's, 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 it's a mad mad thing to be in so you know fuming in your sitting room that's some dope yeah some fucking animal that you never fucking met in your life it's wild it's wild it's a wild technology it's a fucking revolution in how we um, think and interact but when you yeah. think when you think of saying and this goes for all of us but like I always take the piss out of social media depending on, I suppose depending on what's happening socially I think yeah. because sometimes like I'm going mad at, at the moment I'm going mad over that disclosures tribunal I think yeah. it's absolutely fucking disgusting um, and I probably would kind of tweet about that say but I never I don't have a following like you so do you think about the not the consequences but consequences and replies of whatever you tweet or do you just go for it fuck it See that's, that's do you look for a route yeah. sometimes? Well, no, no, I don't. You know, and people think I do, and I can I can totally understand why people think I do because I say something that I know will cause a route, but that's right. not the same as looking for a route or wanting a route. Um, so one of the reasons that I, wrote, I, I knew that the, the the article I wrote, I didn't know it would cause as big a fuss as I did. The big one that that caused more that, but one of the reasons that I wrote it was I said, look, I'm I'm, I'm I'll say things about the guards I'll say things about different segments of society you know and I want to be able to look myself in the mirror and if I have an opinion um, not to say it because because I'm going to face a backlash you know as a writer you know you need to be have to honest your convictions but I don't know how necessary honesty is like it, it depends but if you're if you're talking about um, integrity and political integrity and things like that I think you have a, probably have a duty to say what you think and not be um, swayed by outrage like there's you know that's another thing Twitter is just an outrage factory um, and people people outrage is not the same as suffering uh, anger isn't the same as suffering I think we have a duty to try and prevent suffering but anger and outrage some people thrive on anger and outrage like and, uh, his, hysterical rage like yeah 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 it's just blowing things out of proportion I think you're seeing with the, I was amazed like I don't know some of the journalists going on about what happened in Tala the other night um, the little thing yeah the yeah. little thing like I was thinking, are these people drunk or something? You know, they were going on as if it was the fucking zombie apocalypse. Yeah. You know, it was the supermarket got turned over. You know, big deal. Mm. 
Do you think that was a case of because the weather was fucking shit and everyone, like the emergency services were supposed to be somewhere and then do you think, like people, I suppose from working class areas, I think people were let down by the situation. Hmm. So do you think people from, uh, not from kind of upper Anschlanza society were kind of hysterical outrage because it was like finger pointing look at them yeah I, th- I think there has to be there has to have been an element of that in it or it, it certainly I don't want to call them classes or anything like you know what I mean but, but there's another classes element to it though there could be there could be but certainly the reaction, there, there like, is like I think people are a little bit brainwashed and there's a misplaced focus you know like the level of anger the level of outrage the level of oh you know just condemn them and if you're if you're saying anything other than just condemning them yeah. You're, it's supposed to be you're you're excusing them, and you know I'm not excusing. Them. I said that you know a bit of, take a bit of proportion. Uh, Terry McMahon, the film director, said uh, use the J- JCB to raid Little, and you get called scumbags. Use the ECB to raid a whole country and demolish it, um, yeah. demolish the economy, and uh, you know you get a state pension or whatever. And uh, that, that's true. Like you have to have a bit of proportion and a bit of sense about it. People are calling for, calling for them to be locked up. Declan Ganley. Uh, said that they, they he hoped that they would be in prison for fifteen years, you know. Yeah. Like you know, some of these people you could clearly see some of the people in court were were addicts and and, and things like that, or you know, it certainly looked that way. Opportunist, mm. like yeah, yeah, and uh, getting done. If it's, look, if someone is going in, it will risk their freedom to rob. Uh, or you know, I was saying it was filled with love. It was rubbing cans and things like that. Yeah. You know, there's a problem in their fucking life somewhere. You know what I mean? If they're doing that, you have to look at the at the the, the reality of the situation and calling them scumbags. You know, isn't it's it's not a productive way to kind of to to to, to solve the situation. To call them scumbags if you want. But when you look at the activities of the bankers of the of corrupt politicians, people at the top of the ladder that have had every opportunity in life. Yeah. That you know that I've had everything handed to them on a fucking plate compared to to these people, um, and and again it's not just one moment of madness with them. They've systematically look at the disclosure of Troy Bjorn, systematically trying to destroy a man's life for telling the truth. Yeah. You know that's a scumbag to me. You know the people that were involved in that, the people that were involved in that campaign, and some of the, some of the journalists that were giving out about Tala. You know, I'd put money on it. Some of those journalists were involved in in smearing Morris McCabe as well. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's. I don't think the revelations have, have stopped. You know, yeah. with this, with Paul Williams and the like, uh, like along the same, the same kind of ilk. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's disgusting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the article he wrote was certainly uh, an absolute disgrace, and I'm surprised that he's still working. Um, having having written an article like that. And uh, he's failed to address it. You know, he, he had very little to say about credit corruption um, other than to kind of deny its existence and, um, you know, make out that it wasn't the problem that it was. And the problem, it wasn't, it's not. And it, it wasn't and it's not a few rotten apples. It's a, it's a few good apples in a barrel of rotten apples. You know, the, 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 the culture and the system of Angarda Khan is completely rotten. You know, I, I, I you know, firmly believe that they need to be disbanded. Uh, you know, you, it's, it, there's precedence for that, disbanding the police force and reforming them. Um, it's not you know it wouldn't how do you be go about reforming that like who do you bring in to be the commissioner it has to be an outside police force so it's been done it, it, there's two you know kind of precedents uh, where, where there's been some success with that uh, John Stalker um, was a, a, a high ranking police officer in the UK and he kind of reformed um, was it Liverpool or Manchester 
um, police force and you know he, he got sent over to, to, to Northern Ireland actually then and they, they completely screwed him over and tried to frame him for something when he tried to, to get things reformed there but in the Met as well there was this guy in the 70s the London the Met in London police were f- up to their neck Scotland Yard and all up to their neck in Dort bribery they were hanging around with poor barons and going on holiday with them and uh, you know going to drinking every night in the clubs you know that that was what they what they were at taking backhanders and they sent in a guy there um, who, who 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 done a good job but Ireland is, so in the UK they sent in people from different police forces in the UK Ireland is way too small to be doing that mm-hmm. you know we need someone to come in from from Canada or from you know, somewhere a little bit far away. I wouldn't I'd hesitate to, to choose someone from the States, but even in the States. Um, Happened in New York as well, didn't it, in the 90s? Yeah, there, yeah, there was a, there, there was, that's right, there, there was mm. big, big corruption in, in, in the New York police force. Even that film, American Gangster, yeah. in the 70s kind of shows. Yeah. What was the documentary Serpico, again? The Michael Dowder one. Yeah, um, Michael Dowder one. Did you see that documentary? He was hanging with the drug barons and all. Yeah, precinct, precinct, precinct fifty seven or something like yeah, that. Something like that. Can't check that out. Yeah, oh, yeah must check that out. I haven't seen. It's it. Fascinating. Like, yeah. yeah, but you were saying you were you were getting angry about it. What was it in particular that's that's getting you? I think it's just the corruption that these people, the public, are supposed to to trust. Mm. Do you know? And and I never thought about what you you said there. You know, the, the lads that did the, the little situation that they didn't have the same opportunities as the bankers say, or they didn't have the same opportunities as Martin Callan and Noreen O'Sullivan. Um, I never thought, I never looked at it like that. I yeah. think that's a fascinating look at it. Um, I just, the trust, like, trust in, in people, you're given the trust in people and then a low-ranking kind of police officer, I think, I think Morris McCabe was low-ranking at the time, wasn't he? But, well, certainly, he wasn't, was he a sergeant? I mean, there's a big hierarchy, I'm not sure if he was a sergeant or, or not at the time, but, but imagine, the, the, imagine you know, your he, boss, he wasn't, he, he wasn't up the top of the ladder, you know what I mean? Yeah, he was, but imagine he was your a boss, sergeant up until 2004 in Cavan. But imagine your boss saying, he abused his children, That's, and his nieces, yeah, it's, no, it's insanely bad, I mean, it's, people have committed suicide for less, you know, yeah. they, like, yeah, there aren't the words to describe how disgusting it is that that's what they tried to do to him and you know the the whole idea that people the, the government had any sincere uh, wish to reform on Garda Sheikhana is just proven complete bullshit by who they put in there to, to, all they did was sw- switch the optics get a woman in to, to make it look a little bit better and you know it, it's coming out now look you know she was up to her neck in it you know what I mean it's, it's, it's clear to see for, 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 for you know for anyone with a brain they had 15 yeah. mobile phones gone missing 15 yeah. mobile phones like. there you go there you go the other thing is as well like look at the like look at at the society so Sean Fitzpatrick when he was um, getting um, interrogated interrogated quotation marks on the golf course uh, yeah by, by the guards uh, they made an appointment with him to have a chat with him right, weeks in advance so he has time to get a team of solicitors together you know now if you're making an appointment with somebody and there, there might be documentary evidence involved giving them a few weeks is not a good way to do it but say the Jobstown thing um, Jay Lester the young fella uh, he was still in school at the time uh, 10 police knocked on his door at 7 in the morning and dragged him out of fucking bed um, now, now who, who, who was the bigger crime uh, what evidence was Jay Lester going to destroy you know he didn't have any of his phones going missing or anything like this so they're making a take out of us like there's no fucking it's way it's a classism do you think it's a classism thing oh, absolutely it's class war when you put it like that they're, they're waging a war on, on uh, the lower echelons of society by the, from the top you know and using the state using the police using um, you know state uh, 
uh, agencies that are supposed to protect us to 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 do us down you know is it as simple as sort of saying like those who have the the, the biggest slice of the pie are willing to give kind of bigger crumbs to you know like we're saying kind of like they're, they're using the police force and that so some people potentially in the police force like you've mentioned names there Norian of Sullivan Martin Callan and that mm. so they'll go along with it a little bit and things like that because they're thinking sure you know them lads will sort us out a little bit you know what I mean <laughs> we might get a big old crumb there that might help me it's greed so, greed is the knife and the scars run deep yeah as Damo says, yeah. says yeah. so you know I mean like it's I just he gets an 85,000 a year pension Martin Callanan yeah, well, no. I mean, well, I mean, sure, look, Biffo and Bertie get pensions as well. Like, yeah, and he got a payoff you know? of like four hundred thousand as well. But this, I'm just, I'm fascinated by the, by the angle that's gone through the class war and all that because I don't. I mean, like, we're not from working class areas, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I don't know. In my head, like, I seen what what happened with Little, and I, I was one of the people that was like scumbags, like you know what I mean, straight <laughs> out, like, and I'm, yeah. and I still do think, and I get what you're saying about yeah. like that, yeah. you know, those people have issues, not people have problems, and that's fine. But I don't think that. And I'm not saying you're saying this. But yeah, no, it's grand. It's grand. Don't worry. I, I don't think that acts as a proper an excuse to to rob a digger, use that digger then to fucking like barrel a shop over. <laughs> you know what I mean? A fair enough. Look, if it was a case that they were robbing cans and all that to feed an addiction, but addiction why, makes people do mad things. But then rob a fucking safe and try to crack the safe. But why does why does something like that not happen in doggy say? But well, I'll get on to that in a second. But that what I'm trying to get at is the this class thing and like. Yeah, that one, there's instant outrage because it's something that's instantaneous and especially yeah. that it was on social media. People could see it straight away so people were kind of, it was this instant reaction kind of thing. Whereas I suppose it was, it was still happening as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was on going. It was like, yeah. getting updates like yeah. the fed, With, with the banks, it was a case of kind of like, we were seeing it in retrospect after all the dirt had been done and we're all yeah. trying to get our heads around it. And even now, I still don't fully understand what happened other than they fucked us. Yeah. yeah. So it's... Auster- austerity was the main kind of evidence as it was happening. Yeah, so it's one of them things that, like... And I, I suppose it touches maybe a little bit on what you were saying about this Twitter thing where you are the... Sort of your, the journalism thing is you that instant yeah. gratification. Yeah. Whereas this is yeah. almost the opposite. The, this, yeah. the little thing gave instant outrage. Whereas the banks thing, it was only when everything was fucked that people were able to go, wait, what's happened? And then with hindsight we've been able to look back on it all and go, yeah, Shawnee Fitz was a fucking arsehole. Fingers Wingledon was a fucking arsehole. They fucked us. All of them absolutely fucked us. But, but I, I'm telling you now, though, some of the journalists, the journalists that were, you know, oh, you know, outraged by these young fellas robbing the little, yeah. they would shake hands and sit and have a coffee and have a drink with some of the people that fucked the economy. Of course, because it would be the bigger story for them. It would be the bigger story for them. And yeah. all they'd look at, the fucking hits I'll get on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely... So uh, why, don't, why don't the general public see that as hypocrisy, then? Yeah, I don't know. Like, this is the thing, just like, like you, like, loads of people were, like, you know kind of outraged but a little thing loads of working class people were outraged but I understand it especially yeah. when you're looking at it and it's what was your initial reaction whatever um, I just don't think it's that important like it's one supermarket you know I don't think it's a, a national event it made headlines around the world, world yeah, like yeah. people are losing the run on themselves get a fucking grip here you know yeah. but it's, it's, it's shopping centre was looted in that loan and I didn't hear the same yeah mm. yeah, 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 yeah 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 well there was no phones in that wasn't, wasn't, wasn't quite I just was going to say that I just I'll let you say it in case I get, I get shit about saying that you know what I mean it wasn't quite as dramatic in that loan <laughs> it wasn't a digger two two bullocks rang on his shoulder. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, look, the whole thing, I do agree. I think it has been blown out of proportion. Yeah. The fact that it made world news is just fucking bizarre. Like, yeah. 
know what I mean? If a Walmart and fucking, you know, Tennessee got turned over. It, Which it probably we, does every fucking day. You know like. what I mean? We wouldn't yeah. be hearing about it. Like, it's just, it's utterly madness. Like, but I, I don't know. I just think the whole fucking thing and, and the reaction to it has been. I found the reaction to, 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 to scumbag, scumbag gate, as some people are fucking hating people like gate to the end yeah. of it. But, like, even that in itself was kind of like, this is just utterly bizarre. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe Do you, for some the, people. The hysteria for the reaction for what happened in, in Little and the hysteria for people using the word scumbag how do they eat like how do they measure against each other in your opinion yeah I don't think people did get mentally outraged like I understand why people object to the word scumbag mm. um, like it is something that you'll hear I've heard Gardy say it about young fellas that weren't scumbags they yeah, were just yeah. young fellas with the same accent as me and that wore a tracksuit and they get called oh, yeah, scumbag that's all talk, yeah. because of it so um, it is it is a word you know that's, that's kind of loaded but then I was having a conversation with a girl um, and she was saying she'd, she'd apply it to lads who play rugby that you know do, do something to some posh lads that, that do something wrong she'd call them scumbags as well yeah. so it, it does get applied around a bit but you don't see it in the media you don't see this kind of in the media you know people are dying 350 people are going to die next year um, it's forecast because of the trolley crisis yeah. that's 350 people dying now to me that's a lot of a bigger issue than a little getting turned over or a supermarket getting in, in the grand scheme of things know, absolutely it, it's yeah. 350 yeah. deaths you won't be bringing those people back um, so are the people who are refusing to properly fund the health service and establish an NHS we need a national health service in this country yeah. are the people who are refusing to do that are they scumbags you don't. You won't hear journalists put headlines and call them scumbags, mm. or you know, uh, condemn them unequivocally. You know, this person should just be condemned. They should just be completely condemned. Yeah. You won't. You won't hear them talk about people like that. These people are there. People are dying. You know, like yeah. the figure the uh, National Health Organization figure was put at five thousand four hundred unnecessary deaths every year in this country due to poverty. Now that's more than died in the troubles, um, and even if that figure is inflated. You know, there's, there's, it's gonna be in the thousands. It's yeah. gonna be in the thousands. Uh, f- you know, for all the different associated, um, things of poverty and everything that goes along with that. And these are soluble issues. We're a wealthy country. We can afford housing. We can afford to give our citizens housing and healthcare. And they don't have those two things at the moment. Mm. That's fucking madness. Twenty eighteen. Uh, you know, in a in a rich, uh, technologically advanced, uh, society that people can't have home. And decent healthcare. Mm. Um, that's that's craziness. So it's it's inexcusable. It. And the people behind that are scumbags in my book. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that as well. And I think uh, it was maybe last week or earlier this week, I can't really remember uh, which Fianna Fáil TD was calling for uh, a national cricket stadium. <laughs> in the midst of the biggest fucking housing crisis and all that. Deadly. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, listen, uh, all those things can shut off. Uh, any chance of an old cricket ground there, lads, being built for uh, the country? The, the, the housing crisis is perverse because um, the, the the money is there. The credit unions have, have offered money to, to, to build houses. But not only that, the, the, the practice of... of in, so this government, in the midst of the worst housing crisis in Irish history, not just in this history of the state, it's, you know, this is, you know, going back to, 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 you know, hundreds of years, this is the worst housing crisis we've ever had. And in the, in, in the midst of this, this government has built less social housing than any previous government. Look, every you know, 1922 we're not poorer than we were in 1922 1922 they built houses they built um, the, the, you know the first corporate houses straight away in 1922 and there's a plaque on, on the wall of them and they're still standing there today and they're still good houses so um, you know the, the, putting money into the hands of landlords to pay you know these HAP and RAS schemes 
and into hoteliers is the most perverse. So paying fucking hotels, 100 quid, 200 quid a night, instead of building houses, they're doing this to sort out their wealthy mates. You know, this is what they're, what they're doing as a matter of policy. Homelessness is finagale policy. They're, you know, it's, it's, an, it's a readily soluble problem. The thing is, they don't want to solve it because they want to, to give state money, taxes, to hotels and to and to private landlords, to wealthy private landlords as well. I'm not talking about someone who owns an extra house. I'm talking about someone who owns 10, 20, 30 houses. Mm. We had Dave McWilliams on the podcast a long time ago and he made the point to us that like, it has never been cheaper for a government to borrow money. Yeah. Never has it been yeah. cheaper for a government to borrow money. He said, Ireland could easily solve the, 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 the building crisis, the housing crisis, whatever you want to call it, and build houses affordably cheaply whatever way you want to put it based on the fact that you can get this funding and if all they done was look outside their little narrow tunnel vision of kind of like this is how we're going to do it and like what you've described yeah. of you know massive landlords and hoteliers and people like that, that that are getting kind of money left right and center to give a night's accommodation to people and take them out of the street and whatnot but like our emergency accommodation and but the solution is so obvious and yeah they're just unwilling to act yeah. and it's crazy like it's just absolutely it's fucking crazy it's fucking disgusting yeah. Yeah. yeah it's absolutely disgusting and we've seen it with um, Apollo House as well yeah. do you know what I mean yeah man like, I was moved to tears by that whole kind of scenario yeah. and thinking when Covid met all the, the, the kind of committee of um, Apollo House yeah I promise you this that and the other and gave kind of you know promise you this in June promise you this in September and none of it none of, none of it, none of it happened yeah none of it materialised um, you know and then, and then, and then, no shame, and then the European courts find that uh, only yesterday that yeah Apple is 13 billion but Ireland are appealing it Ah, yeah. it's fucking nuts, man. Yeah, man. Tell you can't like thirteen billion. The journal yeah. report. Like they're saying that they're saying they've no money, and then someone's saying here's thirteen billion that you're owed, and there's it's it's listen to me. That is economic treason. Yeah, that's economic treason. They're that, spending they're spending money to turn that money down. That's it. Yeah, which it's, is it's not just it's, turning the money down. They're paying to turn it down. Yeah, they're yeah. fighting it in court. Exactly. It's bananas. You know? Like they're yeah. fighting the the European Union courts that they wanted us to be a part of in the in the Nice and Lisbon treaties. Yeah. We've got to go by their rules, yeah. and now they're objecting to their rules. And, and, and people funneling, um, you know, these fake companies being set up here mm. to, to for tax purposes. That's not creating jobs. You know what I mean? That's not creating yeah. jobs in Ireland. And it's 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 like the, the other thing is this kind of um, bowing down to the power, the new powers of uh, global megacorps. Like Enda Kenny, when he was Taoiseach, he flies out to Silicon Valley to meet the head of Facebook. Mm. They don't fly in to meet him, you yeah. know, as head of state. Uh, so, you know, you're seeing a, a dangerous realignment away from the nation state where, you know, political power lies and towards unaccountable mega companies like, you know, the, yeah. the Facebook, but, Google and, yeah. and these that, that. We're coming up to, to, to Paddy's Day and that is usually the traditional cap and hand moment for our Irish TDs. Yeah. To, and I, it, like, it, the example you're giving of like a head of state flying off to meet ahead of a company in Silicon Valley like yeah. surely it should be the other way around surely you think so you know yeah. what I mean like and then yeah. you get Paddy's Day which I don't get me wrong like I know, look, Patrick's Day is, is brilliant for the country in terms of you know being able to put Ireland in the spotlight and all that but I always find it almost perverse that the politicians go on these junkets and they go almost cap in hand to all these 
other well, countries. I'd like to see. I'd, I'd like to see the benefits of those junkets. So you'd never see it. Like what are well, the benefits? Well, they claim of you, you do see it, but I mean, they claim. Oh, you're not exactly. The Queen's visit was another fucking joke of a of an expenditure. It was ah. disgraceful. It was disgraceful. That that whole thing. Like I, I, I was, I, I went over to my ma. That, that day one of the days she was here because how long was she here it felt like fucking months <laughs> three <laughs> days was three or four days yeah, yeah. yeah but I drove over and then I, I came out with my mask off and the, all, all the roads were blocked off and I said to the guard um, how long is it I said I'm trying to get home yeah. uh, how long is it going to be and he said I don't know um, you know just that's it that's, you know, that's all you're told you can't get home to your house and you don't know the way they behaved on the street the guards mm. you know like there was hundreds and hundreds thousands probably brought into Dublin um, and just totally dominating everything, uh, you know. The millions that was spent for the security of that. Yeah, and yeah. What, where where do we get the millions and back? Not allowing protest. Anybody who, who was protesting anywhere visible, yeah. um, was was you know um, prevented from doing it, and that's not democratic. You know no, what I mean? No. Uh, you know. Also, the Queen is unelected, fucking uh, monarch. Yeah. You know, that's mm. medieval. That belongs in, in storybooks. Yeah. We shouldn't be paying any of them dickheads, whether they're Saudi Arabian or, or English. To come over here and fucking spend money on, um, you know, that's like how someone, a government that says they're committed to equality, can, uh, you know, bail and scrape before fucking royalty that yeah. were born into a position, you know, they, 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 say, they say their genes are better than my genes, mm. you know. Um, Is that know, I, I, had a, I had a feeling that you were disagreeing with me when I brought it up. What are you going to say? I'm not disagreeing with it wholly, but. I would definitely look at it as there were positives from that, especially from a historical context, in my opinion. There were massive positives from that. I think that visit, symbolically at least, done a lot to help kind of... It spent a not, fortune for nothing. heal like, wounds. Well, yeah, no, I, heal I'm, I'm wounds. not saying it was perfect. Ah, we just stop it, dude. It went a long way to help. If she had said sorry, it might have healed wounds. Yeah. Uh, she didn't heal any wounds. But, what wounds did she heal? But you can fucking flip that on its head and say, like, well, okay, are we going to fucking say sorry for everything we done as well? They started it. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I don't know. I think the symbolism is very important. I was at a Damien Dempsey gig, actually, mm. around that time. Um, I think it might have been that day and uh, Damien Dempsey said um, and it really struck a chord with me when he said it like loads of things that he says yeah, you know, yeah. but uh, he was on stage and he said um, uh, I'm not better than anyone else in this room but no one is better than me and I think those two concepts holding yeah, those two yeah. concepts in your mind are very important uh, number one that um, uh, you're not better than anyone else but number two, that nobody's better than you either. And mm. you need to have pride and stand up and say, no, hold on a minute, I'm as good as, as anybody else. You know, yeah, and I, yeah. I think that's that's a very important thing. I think we should instill in, in, in young people as well. And I think mm. having royals and bowing before royals and saying, oh, aren't they great? And then, you know, casting anybody who objects to royalty as a kind of naysayer and things like that, like the media done at that time, anybody who objected to it was, was you know, um, just kind of raining on the parade. Um, mm. I, I don't think that's a good way to instill people with a sense of equality you know the mm. equality was the buzzword around that time as well mm. and yeah. uh, there's, there's not much equality in, in royalty not at all not when you're born into it by luck yeah and you've yeah. got about yeah. 200 bleeding properties on your on your land yeah, yeah. that you can live on that's not equality yeah no, but do you think the British will get ever get rid of the monarch I think eventually they will I think all monarchs are if you look around Corbin the world Corbyn hates them doesn't he monarch <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was on on, on uh, the afternoon show on RTE, and I said, "I hope Carbon gets in and gets rid of him." You know, they asked me about the, the royal um, thing. I don't think he'd be, he'd be able to politically at, at this moment. It's amazing. Like it, it's staggering how, like, uh, what's the word? 
um, the kind of brainwashed the, the the public are about them and like yeah. the granny loves them. English. Yeah, it's mad. My it's granny mad. loves the fairy tale aspect. Yeah, you know the Disney fairy tale. But that's what it is. Yeah, that's yeah. It's not a whole thing of. It, it is the fairy tale aspect of it is what appeals to people, and it's this whole notion of, and it touches exactly what you were saying, Frankie, as well. This whole notion of somehow, even if it is kind of subconsciously or not, people do believe like oh, they are better than me because look yeah. at them, look at you know what I mean, mm. like they're the picture of royalty, you know. But the simple fact is, if you look around the world, there aren't a whole lot of monarchies left. Like, even if they are constitutional monarchies, or if they're not, like there, mm. there's not a whole lot of them left. It's a dying breed. Yeah, I think it'll have to be you know? kind of reformed out of existence, probably in in the UK. I think would be unless there's unless there's a revolution. You know, this is the other thing, though. You know, people thought that the Russian royal family was going to last forever, and they well, got dragged out it, and, man, and yeah. shot in a in a in a basement. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So things can change. Like Prince Charles was it was in a situation. He was in a car. Um, and drove into a protest by mistake. Yeah. And they tried to, to to put the windows through and drag him out of it and everything, and it looked ropey. Like yeah. what? I don't uh, remember. What yeah, was that? that was about yeah. ten years ago, was it? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Jesus. Long ago, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was on the way to the theater. He was in a tuxedo and everything. <laughs> and there's there's photographs of him looking a bit fucking worried. Yeah. Um, so but the, yeah, the other side of it as well is how how they're portrayed. Like if you look at any of the shows, any TV shows, or any films or that. It's not as if the, the the royals are being portrayed negatively, or they're being portrayed yeah. as anything other than. No, the press this, loves them. You know, of course. Yeah, it's, it's a amazing. If you look at if you look at um, newspapers from the turn of the century, mm. uh, English newspapers, they were much much more critical, not yeah. just of the monarch monarchy themselves, the individuals involved, but of the concept of monarchy. It was a much more current theme, and um, you know, it was this swell in in. Uh, you know, I suppose after Marx and things like that of, of the idea of but you know, Thomas Paine even, you know, going back a hundred years before that yeah. had had said about um he said, We'll never be free until we hang the last king with the entrails of the last priest. <laughs> um so uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, it's it's surprising that they've managed to persist, I think. You know, it's 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 like like I said, it's a medieval institution that belongs yeah. in, in children's it's, fairy tales and packs of playing cards. Disney in one sense I kind of admire the fact that they have managed Backs of you, playing cards. Because if you look all around them, like you know what I mean? The, like you, you mentioned the the the, the Romanov, the the, the Tsar in, yeah. in Russia, and then you had fucking Kaiser Wilhelm in Germany and you had the fall. I mean like every monarchy in Europe has pretty much fallen bar what Spain and Denmark I think are the only other two already besides Britain it, yeah um, um, someone else is there I can't Sweden sure. does Sweden have a royal family actually does Monaco have a royal family <sighs> yeah but Monaco's Monaco's outside it's, yeah. yeah it's it's, it's a loop, it, isn't it? it's almost an anomaly in, yeah. you know what I mean it's, a ta- it's like a Mon- Monaco's just this little beautiful tax haven really <laughs> it's going to be, and it doesn't operate the same way yeah. man but like I, I, I genuinely think Elizabeth has managed to kind of almost navigate the royals through these kind of stormy waters and almost keep them in existence because I, I don't know I think after World War II I think there, there was you know a lot of kind of like we're British and there was all that pride but then afterwards and especially I think with, with, with the Thatcher era and that there was a lot of <laughs> alright <laughs> there was a lot of kind of resentment there was a lot of I don't think people have that national identity the way that they did previously, like in in Britain. And maybe I don't know. Maybe that's just me. The, the context of it. I get what you're saying. It's mad how their national identity involves the monarch, doesn't it? But that yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I think, I like in that. I'm not so sure. It. When when they when they're in the time of need and they they look yeah. to be 
national and Britain first and all that, and mm. they have the the queen plates in their gaffs. So is, I'm not so sure that it would have remained so if it was somebody other than Elizabeth at the helm right. of the royal family. Is kind of what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm getting suppose, a bit poorly, uh, but know, like her, her being a woman kind of helped, and, and you know she she is quite capable, and she's not scandal prone herself. Philip, <laughs> on the other hand, yeah, her <laughs> kids, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Queen Victoria had the same problem, of course. You know, her son was a flanderer and uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, up to all sorts, and she she was as well, though, wasn't she? she? Well, it's coming out. Do you reckon she might have been a little bit dirty? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, but he he couldn't keep it under wraps. You know, yeah. he, he, and she she reckoned that's what killed uh, her, her husband. You know, he, he mm. died after there was there was a bit of a scandal, and he he kind of got sick and, and died after. So she never forgave. Uh, or something for that yeah. but yeah I don't know I don't know it, it, like, like I said it's just, it just amazes me that, that, that people aren't saying fuck this shit like when they're re- refurbishing Buckingham Palace it's costing mental Millions. money and yeah. they, they said the state will just pay for it and uh, English people now like the English and then the Greenfield Tower people yeah. can't be yeah. rehabbed yeah. and they're painting out Buckingham yeah. Palace yeah. get a fucking green yeah. yeah look at that I mean look at that look at that you know in, in 2018 that is what you have going on. I know, man. You know, that's... Bananas. Madness. You know, stick them in a fucking apartment somewhere and let them... Do, do. But, but see, Corbyn as well asked for the installation of all those water mm. um, sprinklers in the apartments. Mm. Yeah. And the Tories turned them down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. They're sick, sick people, you know, the, the, the Tories. Yeah. Um, change gear a little bit, but also keeping it in the world of kind of kings and queens and that. <laughs> uh, Shakespeare, man. You're, yeah. You're... You're, you're a big Shakespeare man. Yeah, I've kind of been out with the loop with Shakespeare a little because I had been teaching Shakespeare and um, I kind of got moved off it for a while because it wasn't related to to the research I was, mm. I was going. But hopefully I'll, I'll move back to it next year. Um, yeah, big, big Shakespeare fan. Um, Joyce was asked if he thought he had any lit- literary competitors and uh, he said maybe Shakespeare, probably not even him. <laughs> <laughs> so I, th- I think uh, Joyce and Shakespeare are my big two. Yeah. Um, Shakespeare, I think Shakespeare's funny. I think with, with Shakespeare, it's amazing how indeterminate he is and how open to interpretation he leaves everything. And he never comes down on the side of one interpretation of a character. You can mm. always, you can always play the devil's advocate, and you can always say, "Oh, that person was actually bad, or that person was actually good," yeah, and yeah. things like that. And I think that's a very, very advanced and new kind of thing in in literature and storytelling. When he did it, uh, it's a very interesting era as well. The Elizabethan era, then that's the, that was the first mm-hmm. Elizabeth so yeah. to talk about kings and queens. That was Elizabeth one, um, and there'd been a big tumultuous period before that, where the religions, the state religion, changed from Catholic to kind of nominally Protestant to Catholic again, and people were being hung, drawn, and quartered for it, and things yeah. like this. And then Elizabeth ushered in a reign of um, kind of stability, and uh, there was a, a kind of big economic um, boom. Uh, so that manifests itself in, in a number of, of interesting ways. The, 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 the kind of capitalism kind of the companies um, and the stock exchange and things like that started around then. So when the, the, they wanted to explore and go and, and go on these voyages of exploration to try and take wealth from, from you know, places that had just been discovered, um, it was a dangerous enterprise for businessmen to get involved in because ships if a ship got lost you lost everything Everything, so what they did was they said okay we're going to pull our money together and that was the first joint stock companies so they would um, all pull their money together and create a company and that was the it's so natural to us the idea that you could create a company Um, but that that was a a, that was kind of a new thing and for for, uh, under the law 
uh, you know, it was people, individuals that were subject to the law and that were considered, um, you know, that old debts or whatever. And now suddenly you could have a, a, a kind of fiction, this this company, and that would be considered like an individual. It could be liable for debts or it could be, you know, prosecuted or it could prosecute other people. Um, so you see the start of that there, you know, Shakespeare. Shakespeare as well was a businessman and um, he had a part in, in the Globe Theatre. And I think he's a great example of, of the, you know, people forget that it was popular culture. Uh, there was, you know, beggars and prostitutes going to Shakespeare plays, um, mm. as well as as the high and mighty. Uh, so you know, to us, it's real hoity toity kind mm. of things like this. But it was it was earthy, you know, uh, stuff. In, it, one day in, in the Globe in Shakespeare's theatre, they'd have Hamlet one day, and then the next day they'd they'd get uh, they'd get a bear and tie a monkey to its back and set a load of dogs on it, and that would be the entertainment the next day. Jesus. So what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where'd they get a bear and a monkey? Sure, I don't know. They had they had various menageries of, of animals back then in, in the city. But they used to do things like that for entertainment. Beautiful use so. of menageries there, man. <laughs> like that. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, it was an interesting time. And it, it, when Shakespeare Shakespeare kind of went to London and made his fortune, and if he hadn't moved to London twenty years earlier, he could never have been a playwright because there was no theatres. The theatre was a new form. So, you know, we think of the theatre as this, you know, perennial thing mm. that existed. But, uh, and Shakespeare is, you know, this kind of old-fashioned type of person. But he, he was, for his time, he was a trailblazer. It was, yeah. a, it was a new um, form of media. And uh, he, he was exploiting it to full advantage. So kind of like somebody making computer games now. Mm. Or somebody making, um, the, you know, the box set is the new kind of novel, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's when you understand the history of, of the time a little bit more it makes it much more interesting I think you know yeah no I would completely sorry I went on a, on a very long monologue no, 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 no. Shakespearean monologue no, you see what you've done is you frame the context around that and I think that's maybe where we go wrong with because I mean for a lot of people the most Shakespeare they get is school you know what I mean yeah, mm. yeah. but I think they're not given enough of a context around it I know I definitely wasn't yeah. and that's no disrespect to my English teachers because they were obviously I had some great English teachers in fairness mm. Ando Flynn and Val Redmond were two legends, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? But, um, it's, my, it's, my it's, English teacher was a Bowles fucking tick. Mr. O'Neill, wasn't yeah. it? Good Bowles man, <laughs> Bowles I like it. Good Bowles man. <laughs> um, but the, 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 the context that you're, you're putting around it, it's almost bringing people into that kind of frame or that, that kind of time frame where you can almost picture it and you get a, a good sense of it. Like I didn't know that about the, the bear and the monkey thing. Like yeah, that, that's, that's mental. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But when you when you put that in, you're going, all right, horses for horses. They're playing to everyone here. They're not just, you know what I mean? Because now the theatre does have a little bit of a kind of hoity-toity. There was a big change in the theatre as well. So Brennan Bean used to go to the theatre a lot and the plays were kind of body and it was looked on as a bit of a body place, you know, a rough kind of place and, you know, loose women and, and things like that was the kind of idea around it. And then with, 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 with cinema working class people started going to the cinema and the theatre became a preserve like the Opry you know like yeah. a preserve of, of, of an elite there's another story about the Globe um, when Shakespeare was there a woman turned up and was complaining because she'd been robbed you know she said her purse got taken from her petticoat or whatever and whoever was at the door of the theatre said and did you not feel him you know putting his hand in your petticoat and she said yes I did but I did not think he had gone there for that <laughs> <laughs> um, so it sounds like one place. of your dates but it was, it was a wild place like Shakespeare has, has puns and jokes about um, yeah. you know it's all sorts of, of sexual activities there's you know um, a bit where in, in Time of the Shrew where Kate 
uh, talks about um, going away with with a, with a sting, you know, it'll sting your tongue or something. And he goes, "Where's your sting? Is it in your tail?" And she go, he goes, "You'll go away with my tongue in your tail," and this kind of stuff. And it's 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 wild stuff, and that kind of gets lost when when you're teaching it in school. The other problem as well is the, is you know the language is is different, so it's, yeah. it's difficult for young people to engage with because the language has changed a lot, you know. Yeah. So it seems very difficult and alien, but that would have been. It um, seems so alien to me, yeah. man. I remember doing the Macbeth in school and thinking, oh, not so again. I, I loved Macbeth. And maybe it was down to the teachers because they were going to teach. No, I, I, loved, know, I loved it. I, I loved it. Watch like. it on the telly. No, I, I genuinely enjoyed it. Like, I, uh, what I done, I done The Merchant of Venice, I done Hamlet, and then when I repeated, I done uh, King Lear. And and I loved them. Yeah. Genuinely loved them. Like, and I think a lot of it was down to kind of like Good help teachers. or whatever. But... Yeah, the language at first. It do, yeah. but, but once you get once over you that get barrier, yeah. Re- read or performed well, one of the problems I think with the way it's often performed, um, in the like you know in the past hundred years or whatever, um, is that it's in, done in this posh English accent. So, mm. um, to be or not to be, that is the question, and it never would have been done like that in the, in the past. Uh, yeah. So there's great. That English. kind of labels a bit of a classism on it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like the the thing is, it's it's how did um, that happen? It, 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 because it became the preserve of an elite, you know, it was kind of taught that, um, they, you know, that, that, that they should speak in, in an elite dialect or elite, an elite accent. But that wasn't the dialect of the time. Received pronunciation, you know, the way the kind of royal family speak is, is a comparatively new phenomenon as well. Like, there's a great English linguist called David Crystal, and he's done a lot of work on this. And what he's done is reconstructed the dialect that was spoken at the time of Shakespeare and the, the way he was able to reconstruct it was there's like a few different ways so one of the things was looking at rhymes and seeing what rhymed with something else oh, yeah. and if it rhymes now if it, if it, if it, it didn't you know, you know what I mean so we could see where he tried to, to, to make rhymes also puns you know if something um, there was a pun that those words obviously sounded the same and um, then as well as that there was like people wrote at the time so you know um, Samuel Johnson who was a bit later but wrote the, the first dictionary and all of that he would have said how words were pronounced, you know, like right. described how the words are pronounced. So they make, uh, you know, this shape with their, their lips when they're saying this word and, and things like that. So David Christmas was able to reconstruct how the word sounded. And it sounds much more, to be honest, it sounds more like a Dublin accent than a posh English accent. It's yes. The way it sounds, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but it's, well, no, it's, it's not. It's not. It does sound, it's, it sounds closer to, to, to Dublin. It sounds kind of like, like a, a pirate. Like it's this earthy kind of, um, oh, he be you know this kind of yeah. of, of of dialect. But there's there's bits like so uh, the word jacks is in Shakespeare, so we think of that as a Dublin word, jacks yeah. for toilet. Yeah. But um, I'll dab the walls of a jacks with you is in Henry is in one, Henry the Second or, or one of those plays. Uh, pox, you know, poxy, yeah, pox, yeah, pox yeah. That, you know, yeah. English people don't really say that much anymore. That's in there as well. Uh, Hamlet begin murder or pox. Yeah. But then on, on the phonological level, so how it sounds, uh, Romeo and Juliet, there's a, a one bit where it says, from 40s fatal lines. Um, so it, that means from the lineage of the Montagues or the Capulets, you know, they, they, they've had a, a beef going on through generations. So from 40s fatal lines, you yeah. know, so the, the, the lines of ancestry. But it also means lines like um, lines on a page, yeah. but then also lines like your fucking yeah, lion. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Now that pun doesn't work in standard English because in you know in the posh kind of dialect they say from forties fatal lines and mm. they pronounce lines differently than lines. Yeah, right. So they'll say lines and lines. 
and the two words sound differently. But in Dublin, we say lions. You could be talking about the animal. You could be talking about the page. You could be talking about something bald at a session. You know, so you'll know Dublin people. So that 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 pun, for example, works in Dublin English, and it doesn't work in in received pronunciation or posh English. So the dialect is closer to the phonologically, it is closer to to Dublin than than it is to received pronunciation. This is why Hiberno English is the best English. Yeah. Simple as that, well, Yeah, I'm, I'm well, firmly of that. Why do yeah. people get... Why nowadays do people get more offended by words? Um, did, did they get offended back then? There, there, there was... Like, there was a stationer's register back then that you put plays... Um, they had to get approved, you know. Uh, you registered the play with, with this body, this uh, government-appointed body, and they said whether the play could be put on or not. But it was less sexual concern and more um more kind of political that they were worried about you know so if it was anything that could be taken against the queen or things like that there was a, a pamphleteer at the time and um, philip Stubbs, i think his name was and he wrote a pamphlet saying that the queen should get married to this fella who the queen had apparently been thinking about getting married you know you wouldn't think that that's too bad a thing to say and uh, they um, blasphemous yeah treasonous or whatever so they charged him he was dragged up on, in front of the all the crowd and he had his uh, his arm cut off his right arm that he used to write the thing and with his left hand he took off his hat and said God save the queen before he fell over and fainted Jesus um, so yeah there, there were people people were upset about different things but sensibilities have changed like that like Shakespeare has references to, to sex an awful lot in the play in yeah. the plays and um, mocks the jewels as well yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like the the the, the kind of anti-Semitism in in the Merchant of Venice and things like that wouldn't have been, um, you know, he mocks the Irish. There's an Irish mm. character, um, and the dialect he, he tries to do for an Irish character is mad looking. It sounds like <laughs> Sean Connery. It's, it's he writes it down like you know what is my nation. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the, the sensibilities were different. Um. Yeah, and you know this is the thing as well. It's very easy to kind of like think, oh shit, things are getting. Um, too politically correct and you can't say this and you can't say that and it's it's kind of which one's going on but writers have always had these problems you know mm. uh, um, Daniel Defoe was, was locked up for, for, for writing things that the government didn't like um, you know Ulysses uh, Joyce couldn't get Ulysses published but with Dubliners uh, when Joyce was trying to get Dubliners pu- published the printer took the fucking uh, the proofs off him and wouldn't give them back because he said it was too dirty yes. at one point the pr- the, what the yeah the, the printer yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so um the printer had agreed to publish it and then said no I'm not publishing this is filthy you know and uh, you know th- th- this wouldn't be something that we we wouldn't see anything in there that we would find um, yeah dirty yeah 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 uh, Christopher Hitchens has a great line about uh, the irony of 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 reading the Greeks you know this kind of censorship then that, that came in later. Uh, the irony of reading the Greeks in expurgated versions uh, while he was in a boarding school engaging in homosexual romps uh, at night. <laughs> um, you know, so, yeah, sensibilities change. Yeah. Do you, do you venture much into, like, cause you, obviously you're into Shakespeare, you, you've mentioned Ulysses and Joyce and that as well, but do you venture much into the classic Greek or classic Roman end of things as well? Or? I don't, don't know as much as I should. And, you know, again... Everything there is, you know, highly relevant to mm. you know everything else. It's it's difficult to understand um, the Elizabethans without understanding the Greeks yeah. uh, and things like that. But you know, I try and learn a bit about it. Um, but yeah, uh, like of course, Joyce was 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 massively into um, that culture, and Ulysses is is, is the story of Odysseus, except. 
So Odysseus, the story of Odysseus is he, he went and got lost at sea and his wife Penelope stayed faithful un- until he came back, whereas in Ulysses, Leopold Bloom gets lost for a day walking around Dublin and his wife, <laughs> wife is unfaithful to him. Um, so, uh, yeah, Joyce used the, 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 the stories as, as kind of models and um, he has a bit in, in Ulysses as well where Buck Mulligan, who was based on Oliver St. John Gogarty, says that he wants to Hellenise Dublin, which means make it like a Greek city-state. Mm. And I think he, he, he saw the Greek city-states as, as a more advanced, civilised society in comparison to the oppressive um, kind of regressive uh, force of the Catholic Church in, 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 in Dublin at that time. Yeah. Do you like any writers nowadays, like modern writers? Yeah, I'm a massive fan of Irvin Welsh. Uh, you know, I think he's incredible writer. Again, inspired me as well to write in the vernacular and write, uh, spell the words the way they're pronounced a bit more, and not be yeah. think you have to spell things correctly. Yeah. Uh, you know, because there is no right and wrong when it comes to, to art. Paul Howard does that a bit in Russell Carroll Kelly, doesn't yeah, he? Does, yeah. When he's taking the piss out of Yeah, yeah, I haven't read much of Russell Carroll Kelly, but I believe it's it's very good, you know, yeah, I think yeah. it's 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 supposed to be, you know, and, you know, again, so this kind of idea, like art, like that, like, you know, even Roddy Doyle, it was a massive influence on me as well, mm. gets kind of looked down upon by the literary establishment in some ways because it's funny, you know, yeah. but it's, it's harder to make someone laugh than it is to make someone cry in, in terms of, of literature, in terms yeah. of storytelling. Um, you know substantially harder you can't fake it you can't just contrive it so mm. I think um, like that with Shakespeare was writing you know for 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 uh, to make a few quid and for a mass audience I think people need to recognise much more um, the value of, of, of popular culture you know um, I've not, what I noticed actually online on Twitter and all you know when Roddy Doyle does one of his uh, writings on Facebook mm-hmm. where it's like the point glass and it's yeah. him just having yeah. a conversation you know, loving that, that crowd, loving Dublin. Loving Dublin, yeah. They hate it, and they're like, "Oh no, Roddy's gone on one of his rants again." They're always putting them down, like. <laughs> yeah, it became a bit formulaic, I suppose. Did you see? Yeah. Did you see that? Whenever yeah, I've seen anybody them died, you know, he, yeah. he was kind of doing one and he got a bit of stick like, over that. Yeah. yeah, but I think he's an amazing, amazing talent. Like the Barrytown trilogy, as well, in terms of being innovative, a new form. Paddy Clark ha, ha as well. The book he yeah. wrote about a child after that. Is just incredibly powerful, incredibly well executed, and he 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 achieves so much using the the vocabulary of a child as well. It's incredible to to write a book that's so um, evocative and, and so emotional without have without having access to, to big words or mm. without having access to flowery descriptions, and yet he still manages to get that across. So I, I think he's he's I think he's a, a, a towering uh, figure in Irish literature. Did, in, when you were in school, did you uh, did you like English when you were in school? Yeah, yeah. Or how I was school like, for you? I used to like writing essays and stuff like that. Um, and I was encouraged. I had a teacher called Mr. Hodgins in, in primary school who was very encouraging towards me and everything like that. I went to secondary school then. I, I didn't like school, you know. All right. I just kind of... Uh, I stopped going I would do anything to get out but I used to like go in and, and go and sign the roll call and then kind of escape out back doors and things <laughs> like this and over walls and go on the Mitch so uh, that's gas and you ended up in Trinity yeah so I found my leaving cert and everything yeah. um, you know I kind of went back then when I was about 25 the mature students you can waive the entry requirements so I did a few interviews and, and wrote a little piece of uh, analysis of poetry or something 
and got. When in. you were dodging school, yeah. were you still writing? Like, were you writing stuff no, on home? Write, no, no, I didn't write. I, I read constantly. Read, you know, was a really, really big reader, and that's something that social media is fucking decimating that's as killing, well. Yeah, yeah. It's um, absolutely. And killing. as well as that, reading electronic versions of of text, you know, nah. I mean, the Kindle is okay if it's not backlit, but I think this kind of backlit Kindle, yeah. you know, it's it's not the same reading experience as as a picking book. up a book and, and yeah. reading it. Um, so yeah I think we're, we're but then again you know look art takes different forms and it changes like the, the box sets I think are the mm. new kind of novel um, and you, like they're that kind of length that they can be an epic you know like the Sopranos mm. like the War yeah. uh, like Breaking Bad they have that kind of space and time to develop characters not like a film you don't have you don't, you don't have time to uh, fall in love with somebody or you know grow to really hate somebody yeah. you know the way yeah. you, a character the way you do with, with, with the box set so um, yeah it's, it's, it's not the end of the world the, decline. the other thing is we're writing more than we ever did uh, because we're engaging in textual communication the yeah, whole time yeah. so we're actually engaging with the written word much much more than we ever have in the history of humanity because um, the language is going under a mad evolution I'll, I'll, I'll as a result of that like. <laughs> yeah yeah but that's 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 natural like you know that's a function of the fact that it's instant informal and essentially free communication I mean the mm. cost of a text message is so cheap that it might as well or, you know a, a yeah. internet message is so, so cheap that it might be free so people never wrote in that style before um, they, they, because it costs money even to send a letter they would write in a more formal style and take more time to consider what they were saying. Whereas now it's just back and forth. It's like conversation. If you transcribe someone's conversation, it looks like a fucking mess. You know, if yeah. you transcribe the way people talk, even in a, in a situation like this, you, you know, you you leave things out and you you stumble across words or you yeah. you you know repeat yourself and things like that. And um, yeah, so so I, I wouldn't be too worried about the the the. Uh, the decline of, of in standards in language because of uh, text messages and stuff like that what, what does bother me or annoys me and there's nothing you can do about it but is the autocorrect thing and the autocorrect um, is, is stopping people using the dialectal forms and using their dialect because gaff isn't going to come up in autocorrect so they yeah. just use house yeah. you know yeah. um, you know things like that so you're afraid the word gaff will die that's it <laughs> yeah well, well it's funny how language dies as well it dies generationally so you don't know what's happening so it changes over generations so for example my granny uh, only said the word britches she never said trousers she never said jeans she never said tracksuit bottoms she called everything britches yeah. right uh, now I knew what that word meant but I never really said it and then uh, someone said to me little brother pull up your britches and I was there and he didn't know what, they were t- what he was talking about he was looking around the room like pull up your britches like he didn't know what britches were yeah. and that's how language does it's not that anybody changes the way they speak it's that you know over generations yeah. um, it, it, it just disappears but you hear that as well he, he didn't when he was a little small kid he, he, you know he, he said truck in, whereas we always would have said lorry yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you know things like that. That's going out. Um, you know, you'll hear kids saying, "Look, I'm friends with kids, and they're saying that they're throwing around and, and saying, take out the garbage.' You know, instead of what? take out the rubbish, I call it cab. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. What word are you afraid of dying? Are you afraid of any words dying? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, let me think. Is was there a word that I wouldn't like to see go? Um, ask me bollocks is a good that phrase, is, that is a good absolutely one. and bollocks as well that we tend to <laughs> to spell it like b-o-l-l-i-x or yeah. you know the, uh, yeah yeah things like that um, so that autocorrect doesn't give you that 
don't know, does it even give you bollocks unless you're your I'm almost certain. Give you B-O-L-L-O-X. I'm almost certain B-O-L-L-O-X. I have to double check this. I don't I don't think I could come up with this just making it up. I'm almost certain I read before. Bollocks is kind of like it evolved from a word that basically meant priest back in the fucking day. Oh I don't think I could make that up. And that's why I'm convinced. <laughs> well this it's is probably because some of the priests were bollocks. It could very well be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, there's I, another one from Shakespeare's time that if you wanted to get married then Shakespeare was rare because he married an older woman and that was very rare, so they think that she was probably pregnant right. when they got married. But if you wanted to get married and you were underage you could get a license from the priest. So the, the age for marriage was 15 or 16 yeah, or whatever, yeah. but you could get a license. And if you wanted to get a license, what we would do is you would get the two uh, young people, they might have been 12 or 13, that wanted to get married, and the priest would feel their genitals and he would decide if they were ready, you know, based on, on that. So, so that's uh, where it all started. Yeah, maybe that's where the bollocks <laughs> connection comes in because Possibly, he was sands sands on your bollocks. I need to, fuck, I need, I need to double check that. I, like, I, there's something in my head that's saying you couldn't fucking make that up. What, was the, what was the question you wanted to you were going to ask Frankie about? Actually, yeah, because we're, we're running out of time. So yeah, it's actually no a good one to... Right. I don't know if you heard on that. Um, during the week, the talk sport presenter who cut a collar off because he was saying love and darling to her. And right, then right. There's, there's some people, and obviously yeah. she felt that way as well, and it was patronising and whatever. Yeah. And then there's a part of me, and and I do, I think, use in certain contexts it is, and then there's a part of me that's kind of saying, well, you know what I mean? Like, if you go to certain parts of England, that's just how every yeah. man, woman, and child, doesn't matter if you're called love or you're called darling, you go to Cork, everybody's boy or girl, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, is it a case that, or, or do you have any kind of feeling towards... I suppose the, the political correctness, I suppose, maybe what touched on it, but this whole thing of are we in danger of losing those kind of um, almost cultural ways of talking because we're afraid to offend people? Like, yeah, yeah, I, t- I think you know, they're they're like I, I can understand why people, why some people would feel patronized, and it, it can be used in a patronizing way to to women, say, for example, you know, in academia who are professors and someone is referring to them you know kind of talking down to them all right their love as if they're yeah. you know you know just you know so so i think but but again you're a I woman think, you couldn't have yeah, that i know i know women that like being referred to to, to in those ways you know mm. do you have to listen to them as well so i think and i think you have to listen to anybody when somebody says you should refer to me or I want to be referred to in this way or I, no more specifically if someone says I don't want to be referred to in that way you probably shouldn't refer to them in that way yeah but like I don't think you can yeah. have these mass cultural bands like one of the things is you know if, if anybody who deals with kids like you know who, who looks after kids or whatever will tell you that boys act a certain way and girls act a certain way but they will also tell you that there is always gender non-conforming boys and girls girls yeah. and boys and girls that don't act within the gender norms so I don't think anybody should be told how to act uh, mm. you know b- based on their gender I think they should d- decide what gender roles they want to fulfil themselves yeah. and if some people if, if people want to fulfil traditional gender roles where they live in a house where the man goes out to work and the woman looks after the house if that's what they want to do good luck to them you yeah, know what I mean yeah. it shouldn't be frowned upon either um, but it, and it shouldn't be frowned upon if if a woman wants to wants to work and and, and go to the top of her career or her field, and um, there should be no obstacles put in her way either. Um, so I I think, yeah, I think we need to to be sensible about it and watch out for those people 
that thrive on yeah. um, offence and that use good causes like gender equality, like yeah. anti-racism. These are good causes, but some people use them as a method of social dominance and to uh, yeah. display their wokeness or their wow, you know enlightenment yeah. and and uh, dominate and put other people yeah. down but in fairness you like and, and you you hit the nail on the head it was that thing you said where it was it's more important if they say i don't want to be referred yeah. to in that way now in fairness in the, the example i brought up she i did, think that did. presenter yeah. did say don't call me that please yeah and she gave him the opportunity but then it was just in a wider conversation i heard somewhere earlier this week then that somebody had said like Sure, if that was in Yorkshire, you know what I mean? Yeah. All they do is call each other love and pet, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not the same context, but I just thought it was an interesting yeah, angle. I, like. think, I think as well you have to look at intent. If somebody is trying to put someone down or someone's talking yeah, down to yeah. someone, that's a different thing. But if someone's talking affectionately, like, older women will kind of talk to me a bit patronised, a bit mammyish sometimes, mm. and, oh, you all right there, sweetheart, or, you know, whatever, yeah, yeah. and things like this. And, and that's that's grand, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't, I don't have a problem with... with um, deferring particularly to older people you know I think you, you know you generally kind of defer to older people to a certain extent not illegitimately you know what I mean mm. you don't don't say like okay these people are, are qualified in something that they're not qualified in because yeah. they're older but you know you, you allow people older people to kind of assume a position of, of kind of um, social dominance over you and it's because you know they've been around a bit, around the block a bit longer Absolutely. Um, so uh, yeah I think is it then fair to say as well that like just going back to the word scumbag from earlier on mm. is it fair to say then that that could be perceived as a working class uh, put down only for working class people like even if you were to call someone from a, an affluent area scumbag you're, kind of you're actually calling them, them yeah. working class yeah, you're I, belittling their their class level like. I think you're making a great point you know about the fact and about when people say that it is Applied to people from different classes, but maybe it's it's associated with them. So it's like calling someone a knacker, you know. So knacker was applied to to inner city dubs an awful lot, uh, but it was still derogatory against um, travelers. It wasn't mm. just applied to travelers, but it was still derogatory against travelers because it was saying, "Oh, you know, you're, you're acting you're, like a you're, traveler. You're acting like a traveler," and that assumes that travelers are fucking bad people and that they're the worst in society and things like that. So, yeah, I, I think you make a very good point, you know, coming back to against what I was saying. I'm yeah. going to go back to that girl that was, I was having that conversation with and go, no, I've got you. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't think about that. But again, it's not something so, like, you know, the conversation. But then is the, then is the, then is the hysteria valid then? About the words come back? I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure. Like, like you know, um, like one of the things is, look, I have middle class friends from posh backgrounds that went to private schools, and they go, "Look at you, you dirty little scumbag," mm. you know this kind of thing, and it's banter. If it's if the intent is not bad, mm. you know that can be cathartic. That can actually break down barriers between yeah, people, yeah. acknowledging the differences and getting them out in the open, and 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 you know having a joke about them yeah, yeah. can actually break those barriers down rather than making everybody anxious about them and scared to say what they think, which just preserves our mindsets and and draws barriers between us rather than, than bringing us together under our shared humanity uh, yeah, great end on that was that. Was 360 look at that <laughs> yeah. anything that ends with shared humanity I'm in favour of man I'm in favour of that classic um, 
I'm, I'm raising that word out of time as well because it's a I fucking great chat, it. man. Yeah. Would you come and back again? Ah, oh, definitely. Yeah, no. Because I feel like there's loads. I feel like there's loads we could have talked about when we didn't, and we didn't even get to go into fucking Hiberno English that much, like. Um, and it's Dublin Seven. Can you still get Dublin Seven? Yeah, I'd recommend the library. It's gone for eight hundred fifty quid now on Amazon, so uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't pay that for it myself. Uh, I was say, are you the one selling it? <laughs> no, unfortunately, no. I don't even have any copies. That a, that's a second-hand copy going for eight hundred fifty. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah. So man, it's, yeah. it's 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 in high demand I took the rights back from the publisher and um, I, I want to, to, to you know get a, a, a different um, different deal next time and, and get it back in the shops and stuff like that but um, it's not going to be happening this week or next yeah. week or the week All after right. so I'd recommend the, library, the libraries have it the libraries have it yeah. but just bring back your copy lads don't do what I done 10 years ago when I still out Sally Noggin Library a book but anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you it has been an absolute pleasure man thanks for coming out to us no, if people million, aren't already following you on social media do follow them yeah. <laughs> what's your Twitter handle for those who want it uh, it's just at Frankie Gaffney but uh, don't follow me if you're going to give me shit there's enough, <laughs> enough people giving me shit so if that's your buzz you can fucking follow someone else <laughs> Follow Merlo, he deserves yeah, follow it. Me. Follow Merlo, yeah. he deserves it. I'll just get Frankie after you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, really, really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Um, Merlo, where can people get all previous 140 episodes of the podcast? It's at WTS Pod on Twitter. You can go to www.facebook.com forward slash WTS Pod Ireland. Um, just search any podcast provider with WTS Pod. Good enough. I'll let you away with that this week. Yeah. And, uh, I threw my eyes closed. You did. I was saying, look at the concentration. Look at him. If tell you I'm proud of you well done <laughs> uh, and thanks to you Fitzpatrick Castle as always for uh, putting a roof over his head and letting us do this each and every week the wellness programme yeah we'll get to that yeah. um, if you go to FitzpatrickCastle.com you can learn more about the hotel and of course the great offers they have March 24th Mara, what have we got it's the wellness programme we did a live show up in Fitzpatrick's Castle last May mm-hmm. raised loads of money Suicide or Survive are doing a wellness workshop in Cabin Teeley Community School on March 25th um, free of charge because the money we raised is going towards so it's from half nine to half four lunch is provided there's about 15 spots left so even if you're not kind of doesn't, doesn't so matter you don't yeah. suffer from any mental health issues if you want to go and be educated about how to deal with a friend or a sibling or whatever with mental health issues come along half nine to half four Cabin Teeley Community School Brent, Brent, and see what's going on that's to register your spot there yeah Great stuff. Um, Frankie, once again, thanks very much, man. Deadly, um, Frankie. Thanks a lot. Meryl, until yeah. next week. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. Good luck. Too sweet.